How am I wild and that happened to me two weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it on the camera. Nick, you recorded that? <laughs> no. I knew it's recorded. No, I'm going to bring it up on camera. Okay. Let me see if you keep that energy. Yes. You know what, Mason? I'm happy you back around to being murdered. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> I've been chilling just letting you want to be. Let, I see the progression. <laughs> and I, I've been actually toning it down to, to, to get you back where I'm at. <laughs> so, listen. Welcome home. Yeah, listen, I love it. I don't, I'm all the way. I'm all the way with all this shit. I've just been being cool the last week or two. Saying, look at my man. <laughs> look at my man getting back the way he used to be. <laughs> You ain't gonna have no argument with me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you got the wrong person, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got the wrong person, man. to it is what it is this episode is sponsored by underdog fantasy the app is an easy way to make some cash just by making picks on your favorite players underdog is available in more than 30 states including california florida texas and new york just to name a few make sure to support the show by hitting the link in the bio and downloading the underdog fantasy app they'll also match your first deposit up to 100 dollars, and you get a special pick when you sign up i'm treasure wilson aka stat baby along with your hosts mace and cam Killer, what's good? Murder, what's up, man? Happy to be back. What's good, man? You all right? Yeah, I heard you getting, you know, people inviting you out and all that. <laughs> what you mean? Look, all right, look, you want to do it on camera far with me. I've been in the cut. I've been waiting to be about myself again because I, I see the emergence of 133rd Street, 8th Avenue, 116th Street, the West Side Murder. I see the emergence. I, I've been sitting here beautifully watching Get Back to Where It Needs to Be, pause. But if you want to talk about what I was just talking about, I forget where I started, but I was saying that, you know, every female isn't girly girly. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes they like to be roughed up a little bit. <laughs> All right. It's worth everything I love. When I, and I don't mean that in the home. I'm talking about sexually too, man. You know, I, look, I, when I was younger, you know, I, I, I learned the body now. I learned a female's body. <laughs> but when I was younger, I used to, I used to just pound bitches out because I'd be like, you're not gonna go home and act like I was trying to lick your earlobe and tell, <laughs> and I was all romantic. I was in Pound Town before. I was in I was in Pound Town before I had an address. I'm telling you, <laughs> when it was a vacant lot, that's where I lived at. So <laughs> I'm just telling you. I was explaining to Mace, everybody says he wants to put my business out there. <laughs> what I was explaining to him is that some girls like to be. You know, roughed up a little bit. You know, I I actually was, you know, found out this girl liked certain things, kiss her neck. You know, I've been boning her for years at, at this particular point I'm talking about. And she told me, Kev, you ain't roughed me up in a little minute. What's going on? And I'm like, see, this is what I get for trying to be nice. <laughs> go ahead and try, go ahead and try and make love to somebody who don't want to be made love to. 
And then the last thing I'll say before we start the actual show show, Mace, what Mace really is trying to get to is that I had a female that I was dealing with and she got into a relationship. So I asked her before you get into this relationship deeply, would you come? Wait, it's kids. We can't say it now. It's kids. They can't hear me. He got here because of this shit, that kid. His mom not to suck dick. Now, if it's true. It's true. I say it rudely so people get an attitude with me because I'm just harsh about it. When Mace's is Mace's elegance, see Mace's murder. I, I don't want. I don't want. I want the nigga that was coming out to come back. That's why I'm just shutting up about a lot of things. But at the end of the day, this girl, she had um, she got to a relationship and she was, and I wanted, she had a good head, so I was like, yo, could you suck my dick one more time? And she was like, if my boyfriend could come watch, and I'm like, lol, and she's like. You didn't say no, and I'm not joking. I'm like, no, what? No, he can't come watch. Like, he gonna start jerking off pause. No, 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 he can't come watch. Secondly, you just got into a relationship and you cut and you and that nigga's a cuckold off the top. First date cuckold? Nah, man. I don't know if y'all people know what a cuckold is out there. Yeah. But I'll explain to you what a cuckold is if you don't know what a cuckold is. Stat, you know what a cuckold is? See? <laughs> I this is what I'm saying. For those that don't know what a cuckold is, this is somebody who likes to watch their partners have sex with other people or just sit there and watch. And I just never really got it. Like, it's you know, I watch porn to keep me out of trouble, you know, so I don't go with the wrong female that night and protect my energy. <laughs> but at the end of the this is fact. White people get black niggas for their white no. wives. <laughs> I go to porn and type in cuckold. Go to Pornhub and type in cuckold. You see white niggas getting black men for their white wives for Christmas, Valentine's Day, anniversaries, like the movie The Toy almost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, I'm telling you, this is a fact. I can't yes. make this up. You started this. <laughs> So right. This is why you know we're what? here. Before we start, where does that say? That? Let's read it. We're not, where does it say? I'm at the top right. Where does it say? I know you in a relationship, but I deserve some B-Day head. She <laughs> laughed. And then, oh, wait, that's it? Or no, keep going. going Me too it... and supermarket sweeps. Now, just the... Why the relationship in quotes? Like you don't agree with the, the validity here. We the same. We both want to be worshipped. Going, Yo, no, no more. You want to be worshipped. She watches the show. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Yo, she talking about, no, no, don't stop. Just read the letter. She said, I watch the show. She wants to be worshipped. Then she's, okay, let me just, because she's complimenting you the yeah, whole yeah, time. Yeah, okay, talk to my boyfriend about this. He said, I can give you birthday head if he gets to watch. And you said, LOL. She said, that's not a no. Still commenting on everything that you post. He said, nah, I'm good. But I appreciate it. If you ever get a girlfriend and she want to watch, let me know. She said, word. <laughs> yeah, I can't make this shit up, murder. <laughs> I ain't making You want to be worshipped. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 this is ridiculous. <laughs> start the show, Stan. This is what you get. We'll yeah. start. I don't know how yeah. we got here, but this is why we always have this. This is what I gotta go through behind the scene. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, <laughs> she want to be worshipped. She said, "I don't know. I can't know what to tell you, Shorty. Right. You got a whole nigga. I'm glad, but you see, I, I wasn't making it up. It happened. We just preface 
everything up here is never made up. These are true stories for y'all who are watching. Also, there's no way for me to even segue into this. But today we are joined with our analyst, Mark Jackson. Mark, what's <laughs> up, man? All good. I've never been so excited to start a second segment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mark. You see, this is crazy, Mark. How you doing, Mark? Mark yeah, Mark missed what happened, man. It's all good, man. How you Everything doing, Mark? Good, good to man. see you, bro. Good. good to see you, good man. Good to see y'all, man. Likewise, Love man. Love, you know that. Likewise, man. So we're going to start with a pretty hot topic right now. Mm -hmm. J.J. Reddick said Doc Rivers is always making excuses. He said it's always throwing your team under the bus. There's never accountability with that guy. So Austin Rivers came to his dad's defense and said, in terms of accountability, your best years in the NBA were when you played for him and the Clippers. It's just very ironic and kind of weird that you have this energy towards him. So what do you guys think about both dialogues and whose argument do you agree with more, J.J. Redick or Austin Rivers? Jackson. I believe everybody spoke a little bit of truth. Uh, Doc, in his assessment of his team and, and, and taking the job, spoke some truth. J.J. Redick and his assessment, a guy that played for Doc Rivers, spoke some truth. And Austin Rivers, a guy that played for his dad and also uh, uh, understands where both guys are coming from, spoke some truth. My, my point is we can't pick and choose as a player, former player, coach, uh, analyst, which, which uh, topics we want to attack aggressively and which ones we want to passively uh, attack because of relationships. Let the truth be the truth and, uh, and, 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 and let that live. I'm a little disappointed in, in pointing fingers and, and not holding everybody accountable as opposed to somebody I don't like or somebody I have beef with. Just tell the truth across the board and, and, and be true players, be true coaches, and be true analysts. So, Mark, I start by saying I 100% agree with you. It sounds like you're echoing what I be saying here. So I would like to know on another scale, who who did you notice pointing fingers since you're um, with telling the truth? Who was pointing fingers to you, to your vantage point? Well, great question. And to me, first and foremost, Doc Rivers, who I, I already am on record as far as saying he's a he's a Hall of Fame coach and he will be in the Hall of Fame as a as a head coach. He's had tremendous success. He's a championship coach, but. Uh, I believe he, he pointed the finger to his team. He pointed the finger to scheduling, pointed the finger to uh, not having enough time. He pointed the finger to not starting after the All-Star break. Uh, so um, I was disappointed in that. And, and that being said, he's a Hall of Fame coach and an outstanding coach, but wrong is wrong. I got no problem saying that. J.J. Reddick, outstanding analyst, obviously has some beef. Uh, some bit of experience with Doc, told his truth. I got no problem with his truth. But it's not just Doc Rivers that you got a problem with. If, 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 if To be consistent, somebody, you know, across the board, keep it honest and real <clears throat> and keep it 100 every single night, dealing with every coach around the league, not just Doc Rivers because you have personal experience with him. And then Austin Rivers. I really, as a fan of the game, don't want to see Austin Rivers uh, talking about this subject. He, he, he's a guy that played, and he played at a high level all the way through college and in the pros and had an outstanding career and still wants to play, and that's fine. 
I don't want them to address this issue. They have more than enough analysts on, on the network to address J.J. Reddick and Doc Rivers and address it properly. I Obviously, we know what Austin Rivers is going to say. That's not saying he's not wrong or he's not right. That's just saying we know what he's going to say. I'd rather have somebody else address this because he's going to also, if he's going to address this, then he's going to have to address tough moments when his dad is coaching and his dad makes a mistake. Is he going to attack it the same way? Yeah. I really agree with you, Mark, on that and that people need to be consistent and especially say and have that same energy towards both sides of the um, coin, if we could use that. And another thing I was thinking about, I'm really getting tired of people saying their truth. I don't believe there's three truths. There's only one truth. Everybody else is just, we can give our opinion of what we believe we experience, but there's really only one truth. So I, I want to throw that out there on it is what it is. So whenever you hear somebody saying their truth, they're probably not telling the truth. So I could say my experience. This is my experience up here. That is what it is. This has been my experience on music, but that don't make it the truth. There's only one truth. But Killer, what would you say to um? And I do. I think Doc does throw niggas under the bus. I actually think Doc is a Hall of Fame coach, but I think he got a lot. He, he it was it was to me it was handed. Pause. It was handed. That's my vantage point. I won't say it's my truth. As far as what was handed, I mean, the teams that he had, they were they were given to him like that. You know, he didn't he didn't work like develop talent or anything what about, like that. What about on Orlando? What you think about that? Uh, yeah, team at early. I mean, the things that we try to give him credit for, okay, is not really to me is not really his credit. I dig that. I just think. Yeah. I, I, what happened is to me, my personal opinion, before I even get back to uh, J.J. Reddick and Austin Rivers, uh, Doc was out the mud when it was Orlando and everything else, but I see where you're coming from. You're saying uh, after Doc won this championship with the Celtics, he's supposed to be one of these elite yeah. head coaches. That could put anything <laughs> together, and I never saw that. Right. So when he went to Philly and all of the places he stopped by, it just... It wasn't it wasn't that. And this is now becoming the same mirror image of what I saw in um Clippers as well as where else? Philly? Six, Sixers. Yeah. You got a, you got three or two or three stars that we know are bona fide stars, and then you got another all star. It's no excuse not to get it done in Milwaukee to me, from my vantage point. Niggas traded Doc. I already said this before. Only coach I know niggas trade. Danny Ainge said, Get, yo, what y'all got for the coach too, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what beef Danny Ainge had with Doc Rivers to trade a coach. I actually like Danny Ainge as a GM. <laughs> say, yo, he made a lot happen. Niggas say, yo, y'all got some, y'all want the nigga too, the coach nigga? Because we'll throw him in if you got another another uh, draft pick for us. Uh First of all, I want to give Mark Jackson a round of applause, man. Again. Standing strong <laughs> on a word without being political. Yeah. Amazing. The first episode, Mark has not been Mark political. Mark out the closet. <laughs> Mark said, fuck. Let me translate. Mark said, fuck that, Doc. You got to stop motherfucking pointing fingers. You just got there and you telling niggas, yo, y'all was in Cabo. Y'all wasn't here. 
Yo, I don't like the way the team was doing. Yo, Doc, you bugging the fuck out. You just got there. And that's what Mark said for those that didn't interpretate what Mark said in such the eloquent way he put it. Look, the first game, Mark, that Patrick Beverly got there, it was the first time out. Patrick Beverly had a clipboard in his hand. Did you see that? We're not doing that. But did you see it? Did you see it? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I saw it. And that's unacceptable. <laughs> as a player, as a coach, that's not happening. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. Pat, Pat, Pat had the clipboard out. This is what you're going to do. This is what I'm doing. The first six minutes, and that's why I appreciate Mark being here, because he can, he can tell us this from a coach's perspective and from a player's perspective. He just said, Mark Jackson just said, that's not happening as a coach or a player. You see, Lopez walked off and said, I know this nigga is not telling me which way to run. This is the first time out. This is his first time getting dressed up. We're six minutes into the game, and he's telling me which way to go. Now, mind you, he's also formerly coached by Doc Rivers. Now, I don't know if this is favoritism if I'm yeah. a Milwaukee Buck. Or nepotism. Yeah, or any ism. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know what this is that Patrick Beverly feels that he could grab the clipboard and tell me which way to go. As far as accountability with Austin Rivers and um, J.J. Reddick going back and forth. That's his dad. He's going to want to defend his dad. Uh, 100% is his father. Mark made a great point. It is a million other topics, and it's a more than enough analysts for Doc Rivers' son not to talk about Doc Rivers, unless ESPN just wants the ratings to be like, let's get his opinion. You know, and then there's going to be favoritism. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to stick up for his dad. Then he's going to, you know, he, he gave J.J. Reddick love, but he kept saying, that's my man, that's my man. But I don't understand where this is coming from. You had your best years when you was with the Clippers, so... What are you even talking about? There's some weird energy going on. What I'll say is this, and um, pardon me. Austin Rivers, you have a job to do. And I know it's going to be hard throwing your dad under the bus at particular times, but it's part of your job, and I know you probably do it the nicest way you can. The nigga traded you, nigga. It was business. He got you out of there. It may not have been what he liked to do or do or been cool with doing or anything else. He traded you, nigga, because it was business. He traded his son-in-law, too. Doc, the only nigga who traded his son and his son-in-law, <laughs> and said, I got to keep my job. So as you being an analyst and a former NBA player who's, I don't know what they call you up there, uh, ESPN, what your exact title is, you have a job to do. And when your job, and when it was Doc's job on the line, I'm not going to say his job on the line, but when he was asked to trade you or forced to trade you or had to trade you, you were traded. Take that into consideration moving forward when you have a job to do. That don't mean y'all not going to have Thanksgiving together. That don't mean y'all not going to have Christmas together. Argue, bitch about it, do what you got to do. But when it, when it was his turn, you had to go. Just that simple. That's actually a really good point because I think regardless, and I'm sure obviously all of us up here have relationships with different people, but like when you are an analyst, that's literally what we're supposed to do. And I get it because like that being your dad is real hard to sit here and have because I feel like Doc Rivers has been the main storyline, honestly, on every outlet. So when everybody's bashing your dad, this was just the time for him to say something. But I want to ask you guys, so you guys did bring up Patrick Beverly. He did. Real quick. Yeah. And just sitting here thinking about it, I don't know if I could do that to my dad. Right. If I, if I was, you know, 
nah, I ain't grow up my dad, so I probably wouldn't care. But I'm right. thinking about my son trying to do that yeah. to me. I don't know if you'd be able to do it to me. But at the end of the day, we we're, y'all are in the business called sports, whether it's ESPN, the NBA, and what his son is getting paid to do, uh, that's part of the job. But yeah. I think, and I want you to finish saying what you're saying, but I think Mark made an outstanding yeah. point at the top of the segment. It is more than enough people to talk about Doc Rivers than to let his son do it. I definitely agree. So, yeah, I wanted to get you guys' opinion because Patrick Beverly jumped in the conversation as well. There's just, like, a lot of different layers from different people. Pat Bev said to J.J. Redick, this man, Doc, actually saved your career, started you when no one else wanted to, and you retire, go on TV, and say that. J.J. Redick then said, Pat, my guy, I had a four-year offer with player option for the same money to be a starter for a different team. Fuck out of here, save my career. So what do you guys think about what Pat said and J.J. Redick? Mark, I'm going to let you go first. Well, that's a lot to unravel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they got, it's just too much free time. Um, J.J. Redick had an outstanding career, and he's having an outstanding start to a, a second career. Um, I don't think, you know, I remember playing against the Clippers in the playoffs uh, as a coach. Um and game planning against his ability to come off screens and knock down shots. Incredible. One of the all-time great shooters in the history of this game. Had a great career. Um, so I don't know how true it is that he saved his career. I thought injuries uh, shortened his career. I can remember walking the streets of Beverly Hills one time down by Rodale uh, and seeing J.J. Uh, Redick walking, and he was walking gingerly, recovering uh, from back injuries and trying to get back to full strength. So I don't know how much Doc saved his career. Um, they're not going to save your career unless you got game and the potential to help a team. That being said, again, Patrick Beverly is a guy that's going to, obviously, because he's back in Milwaukee and back with Doc, and Doc's one of his guys, he's going to get his back. I respect that. But, again, getting back to what I said from the beginning, speak up for all injustices. Don't just pick and choose. When you see something, say something. My problem is when you pick and choose, when you decide because this is my guy and he took care of me, I'm going to take care of him. No, if it's wrong, it's wrong, and if it's right, it's right. Mark, do you think J.J. Reddick never spoke up for you? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, I don't take notes like that. Oh, Some no, jump out, some don't. Yeah, because when you were speaking, you sound real, real passionate about that, so I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. You mean for J.J. Redick or against him? No, against what he's doing, you know, because you, uh, me listening to you, it came across as if J.J. Redick is is aggressive about this situation, but there's a lot of situations he's not as passionate about when he's speaking. No, I, I, I see what you're saying, but this isn't against J.J. Redick. This is really against everybody. So it's mm -hmm. for J.J. Redick speaking his truth. I respect him saying what he's saying. But I also respect Patrick Beverly not sitting at home realizing, oh, somebody going at my guy. Let me let me get get back at them. So he's not sitting back as a sideline reporter. He's a guy saying, I got to speak out against something that I know is not true. So I respect both guys, but I think we should have more of that across the board. If somebody says something that's not true, don't sit back, jump up and say something. My only and. I don't really have too much to say about this topic. Uh, only thing I would say is, I've, if I was Pat Beverly, is just be careful 
who you sticking up for, pause, cause you get traded a lot. You'll be sticking up for the next nigga next week in Toronto <laughs> and in Portland <laughs> and in Memphis. <laughs> And in Sacramento. <laughs> De'Aaron Fox is the best, nigga. Ain't nobody fucking with De'Aaron Fox. Fuck is you talking about? Next week. What's the new nigga in, in Portland? <laughs> the nigga, they got Dame out of there for? <laughs> Scoot Henderson. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Scoot. Scoot. Ain't nobody fucking with Scoot and Simons, nigga. Yeah, fuck is you talking about? He's a Patrick Beverly is a very, very good teammate to have when he's on your team, but we don't know how long he's going to be on your team. Okay. And then the reason that all this discussion kind of got brought up was because Doc Rivers said he didn't understand why the Bucks fired head coach Adrian Griffin. So what do you guys think about him saying that publicly? And then does it seem like Doc is not taking accountability to you? I would have a suggestion to Doc, don't talk about it. Um, because he was a consultant for the Milwaukee Bucks. So obviously there was some dialogue before, during, and after. Um, so I would just tell him, leave it alone. Doc uh, was a consultant, have any... Mark? Yeah, he was a consultant for the Milwaukee Bucks. We didn't find that out until... Uh, relatively when he got the job, but he was a consultant and he was advising them and advising Adrian Griffin and and he wound up getting the job. Now, that doesn't mean that something dirty happened or under the table happened, but it certainly doesn't look good. Yeah, it looks like Paul's double dipping. That's what they call it in the hood. <laughs> double dipping is what it's called. And Doc is on record saying that they told him that they were going to they were going to fire Adrian Griffin and Doc is on record saying that he said don't do that why would you do that and basically told him that they wanted him so it's it's just it's a bad way to do business and it doesn't look good well when you said that when when you said Doc said don't do that what i was thinking was somebody going yo they're going to fire Adrian they're going to fire Adrian and i go like this don't do that you just saw that? Mm -hmm. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Mark, I ain't going with that, Mark. Maybe I'm too New York. I just been through too much. I, I know that ain't how it actually goes. But if he wants us to believe that, you buying that killer? No, I was just waiting for y'all to finish. There's no sugarcoating this, man. I was going to bring that up if Mark didn't bring it up. Nigga was a consultant for the Milwaukee Bucks, which I found out earlier today, um, Mark. And I was sitting there saying to myself, so you're consulting the Bucks, which means for people who don't understand what consultation is or consultant. <laughs> Giving them advice on what to do with their organization. I don't know in what capacity, how much, how much credit they gave him, how much they were taking into consideration what he's saying. But a consultant basically gives you information on how to run things. We're talking about yeah. basketball. If he's consulting the Milwaukee Bucks and he tells them 
So he says, don't, don't fire, fire yeah. the coach. And he's consulting them. Why aren't they listening to the consultation that they are <laughs> given from Doc Rivers? Secondly, and since y'all ain't listening to me, I'm gonna take the job. Yeah, this is exactly, that's how it sounds. Yeah, my this, yeah, this is, I'm just going slow so people at home <laughs> can understand because we may be going a little fast for people. <laughs> so you're not listening to this consultation, and the, and matter of fact, we don't even want you to be a consultation anymore. We need you down on the sideline, the coach. Fuck the whole consultation thing. And while we're at it, we'll just throw you forty million dollars yeah. to we, do it. We don't want to listen to you, <laughs> but you should run our team. Yeah, exactly. So talking about fishy, shit smell fishy, yo, Doc. You ain't low, no. <laughs> like you not low. Come out, Doc. <laughs> yeah. Come out, Doc. That's the yo. They got us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dog. This is this is not. You're not low, bro. You can then you come. So let's break it down. I was just trying to go slow for the viewers who didn't understand exactly what's going on. Doc tells niggas don't fire the coach. They fire the coach. He's supposed to be the consultation for the Milwaukee Bucks. Turns into the head coach, gets $40 million, been in there 10 games. He's three and seven, goes into the all-star break, tell niggas, I don't know what's going on with the team. Half the team was here, half was in Cabo. Mind you, coaches the all-star team 10 games in, Three or seven record when there's countless other coaches who've been uh, from, from the East who've been working their ass off the coach. But Doc ends up coaching. Who gets the MVP? One of Doc's players get the MVP from the team. This whole shit stinks. <laughs> it stinks, bro. It stinks to how heaven, and I don't like it. I'm telling you that right now, Doc. And if I, if I was, and I, I don't know what I would do if I was one of the lower level Milwaukee Bucks. But I would get an investigator on your ass. I'm telling you right now, I would find any little glitch because you you fucking around playing games as soon as you get there. And as far as I'm concerned, the Milwaukee Bucks organization is playing games too with all this consultation. Don't fire the coach. And now you're the coach. It shit is messy and it stinks and you're not winning. So we're going to be watching this closely. <laughs> that was a great point because that's exactly what I was going to say because nothing is making sense. Even when he like accepted the offer and he was like, I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but like still continues to take every single offer handed to yeah. him. It just doesn't make sense. And we're, I mean, I know we're watching it live, but it's like if we're not getting it, what are you not getting that's supposed to make us believe you even further yeah. along down the way? Like it's just not. Take this money from me. <laughs> I don't want all this money. Yeah, I, I don't listen, need I would, it. I would, I would really, really, and he's not going to do it, but I would really appreciate if Doc Rivers be like, fuck you want me to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yo, and, and not in necessarily them words, but so you telling me I got an opportunity to coach Dame Giannis and go win another championship that's almost right there and take 40? Fuck you want me to do. <laughs> Period. What you want me to do? If, I can, if, I, if these opportunities keep coming my way, one both to say, you know what? I'm not deserving of it. I'm, I'm not knocking Doc. I'm just saying yeah. at the end of the day, it ain't his fault these opportunities are being presented to him. Because if I was in his shoes, I would take these opportunities just as fast as he's taking them. The question is the organizations and the people who's giving them these opportunities. Why? What is what is what are you going off? What resume? What has he done? What statistics? Why? 
And if you sit there and say you're doing consultation and then tell them to fire the coach and you became the coach, you did tell them to fire the coach, Doc. Let's just put that out there, all right? You told them to fire the coach. You're trying to clean it up. There's no way that they're doing consultation because you gave them the green light, and I don't know this, to say, well, I would love to coach again. You know how nigga throw it in the air. Yeah. Uh, if I if I had a chance, maybe not here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, maybe not maybe, here. Yeah. <laughs> but if I had the opportunity <laughs> to coach again, I don't know if I could do this consultation thing for, for but for so long. But I definitely want to coach again. Nigga said, Doc Rivers. Uh, well, Doc did win the championship in the eighteen oh seven. Like, yo, my nigga, fuck out of here, bro. This, this stinks, Doc. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Austin. Okay, so we have two more topics concerning around the Bucks organization. So Shaq told Dame, I've been in the position you're in before. You and Giannis are being too nice when it's all said and done and it don't work out. Three people are going to get blamed. You, Giannis, and Doc. Got to make sure the troops get it done. No reason with Doc being there. Y'all are three and seven. When you get back, grab people by the neck and say, this is what I need you to do. Do you guys think that Dame and Giannis are being too nice? I'm not sure they're being too nice. I would say they're not being vocal enough. Um, you can lead without being a rah-rah type guy. You look at the Golden State Warriors and Draymond Green is the emotional leader of that, that franchise in, in uniform. Steph Curry is clearly the franchise player and an all-time great. We know what Klay Thompson brings to the table. So... They allow Draymond Green to be the type of leader to get them to four championships. You don't have to have Giannis and Dane be that type. And I think adding Pat Beverly does bring some of that to the table. But Pat Beverly, at best, is a backup point guard to Dame Lillard. And I think what 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 what, what something what Shaq was trying to say, basically, when Pat Beverly grabs a the clipboard. Dame Lillard, or Giannis, there's got to be some pushback towards that. That's an opportunity to say, oh, we, we don't, we, it's not about what's on that board. We've seen Adrian Griffin work that board. We've seen Doc Rivers work that board. The results aren't on, on that board. The results are in between these lines. And let's find a way individually and collectively to go out there and get it done. Until we do that, we're going to continue to fall short. This is all, this is all rhetoric. Like realistically, they, um, Dame just gotta, he even gotta accept that he's gonna be number two or or take the league. Is it, it don't boil down to nothing else other than that. If you, it's like the passive aggressiveness. You're at a new spot, but if you're a dog, you just everywhere you land, you're a dog. Every. That's that's one thing I appreciate about Cam, and I know, and I appreciate that about myself. Everywhere we go, we're us. There's no way you're gonna bring us that we're not us. Like somebody like your mates, so I need you to come in and do this. It's probably not gonna happen. Everybody knows that because I'm gonna be me everywhere. Cam is gonna be Cam everywhere, and that's what we're looking for with Dame. Dame, we need you to be the Dame from Portland in Milwaukee. If if Giannis came to Milwaukee, you wouldn't be trying to work all this out with Giannis. You'll be doing what you're doing and like yo, Giannis, jump in, pause, get get going. But 
If you're trying to think who going to take the shot, how are we running the offense? I got the rock, bro. I got the rock. Everything is coming through me unless somebody say something different. That's a good point. Um, first of all, Shaq holds a lot of people to high expectations. Whenever he talks, he, he's <laughs> disrespectful to a lot of people. I don't think this was a disrespectful situation. I think he was giving Damian Lillard some advice, but he disses everybody. This is Dwight Howard. He disses JaVale McGee. He, you know, everybody's- All big men. Oh, yeah, yeah. He disses, he disses, what's the name to his face too? Um, Donovan Mitchell. He said, I don't think you like that and can get your team to the next level. <laughs> you know, Shaq is very hard on players. Pause when what did Donovan say to that? I respect it. So you'll see. One of them. It's all good. You'll see. I would have slapped Shaq. <laughs> nah, let me stop. Shaq, you know I would slap you. I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, we ain't got Shaq time for Shaq at this glass right yeah, here. We ain't got time. With a, with a, Shaq can pop up with a badge. Yeah. Open the door, nigga. <laughs> that was so, like Devo. Nigga said, you know I'll be talking when he leaves. When he, but then when he leaves, I'll start talking again. <laughs> But Shaq holds a lot of players, and you got to realize Shaq was the most dominant force in basketball at one particular time, another. So I get where Shaq comes from. Um, but everybody's not going to be Shaq and Kobe. Everybody's not going to be Shaq and D-Wade. And those are four championships that Shaq has. Um, as far as Damian Lillard and Giannis, uh, I think my personal opinion was they were starting to get some chemistry, my personal opinion. And bringing Doc in may mess that chemistry up. Like, they're just starting to yeah. get a chemi chemistry together now. That's Doc, a good point. Doc comes in with his schemes and what he thinks should go right and whatever he wants to run, and that may mess the chemistry up that these two were just building. Uh, I'm not sure what should be done. Uh, I know yeah, this much. They was they was playing good before Doc got there. Yeah, it wasn't. They were starting to pick it up. Look, they're 35 and 21 right now. They're in third place. They're eight games back. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to catch Boston. Uh, do you have a chance to be the second seed? Cool. That's not bad considering Boston's playing elite basketball right now. But what I'll say is, I just think it isn't about. It is definitely about Damian Lillard. And Giannis, but we talked about this before a few weeks ago. Chris Middleton has to step up, man. Chris Middleton needs to be that third player on that team for them to get anywhere. Because when they won that championship, Chris Middleton was a key. He was the second option on the team that particular year, actually. And Drew Holiday, that's what's also um, me and Mace talked about off uh, the show that his defense was unappreciated. And I'm not going to say unappreciated. When they traded him, it's a lack of that. They're missing yeah. him, his defensive presence. And Damian Lillard can't play defense as good as Drew Holiday can. Maybe a way better offensive player. I'm not saying Drew can't play offense. But that defensive presence isn't missing it. Maybe that's why they brought Patrick Beverly in to get that back. But Chris Middleton is simply the key to them winning. Um, he's he's Ray Allen with Boston. He's yeah. uh, Draymond or Inquidala, whoever you want to say on, on Golden yeah, State. That, that third option. Yeah, he's Chris Bosh on Miami. He's the third option right now. And 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 listen, it was a time he was a second option. Yeah, 
And that's on doctor. That's on doctor. Draw plays that get them involved and the run schemes that get them going early. Pause so they can have that third option. Yeah, that's gotta, all he, on the coach. And he got to be. <clears> and don't get me wrong. He's injured a lot too the last couple of years. So you got to you know you know the slogan. He has to be available to play as well. No, you make a great point. When they, when they won a championship down the stretch of ball games, their best offense was a pick and roll, a two man game with Giannis and Chris Middleton handling the basketball, being a scorer or facilitator off of it. And you make a great point also, Berta, is Doc has got to figure out a way to control the game by picking and choosing whose hand the basketball is in to make plays and be aggressive. There's times you want to initiate with Dame Dollar, there's times when you want to get Giannis going. You have to make sure you get both guys opportunities to have an impact on the game on a nightly basis. Okay, and then last topic concerning the Bucks before we go to break. Giannis says he doesn't watch basketball or know how people play until the game. He said stats, highlights, how people play. I have no idea, and I love it. I love when I go to the game and have no idea who I'm playing or what they do. It makes it harder. What do you think about him saying that? I hope it's not true. I really do hope it's not true. I mean, because, why is that? I, no, because that's, that, I mean, you're trying to win a championship and he's won a championship and I haven't, but I know what it takes to win one. I know the amount of work, energy, and effort that you have to put into it to win and to get there. I have to understand, not because my coach has told me how Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown attack on the offensive end, what the Celtics do down the stretch of ball games. What, what the Knicks are doing to be uh, a relevant team once again, what the, you know, the Miami Heat do. I got to be able to watch the game and understand individuals and team tendencies to put myself in the best position to win when it matters most. I can't all of a sudden come in a huddle and say, well, I, 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 which way should I send this guy in the pick and roll? I should have watched that night in and night out. I, I understand the responsibilities of being a husband, a father, uh, a, a bus driver taking the school and picking up. I'm not saying uh, don't do those duties, but spend time understanding your craft and putting yourself in position to win. That's by studying the game and studying the tendencies of the players that you're going to face in a month or two down the road. And I think that's the problem and that's the disappointing part. So I hope that that's not true. That's like me saying I'm coming on here and I'm going to be an analyst for basketball, but I don't watch games. I'm just going to freestyle. At some point, I'm going to get exposed. I'm going to get exposed. Yeah, I mean, this is this better be just an exaggerated point. Maybe he's doing satire like we do sometime at the show. I think Giannis, I think it may be true, though. He probably don't watch um, basketball because when you think about it, if I was 6'11 and I had that, you know, all of that, with just handling the rock, I would be dominating. But when you're not watching tape, this is probably why he's not dominating the way he should with pause, with that physique, with the athleticism, with the skill set that he has. If he just developed a few more things or took the game probably that much more serious, he probably could have three championships already. But he's probably not watching. And again, we are saying probably, but he, he was trained by Kobe. None of this is mama mentality. If I'm if I'm looking, if my memory serves me correct, he was trained by Kobe. So Kobe definitely is is preaching that mama mentality. And to say I'm not even watching the games, this is gonna um, be a problem with his growth and 
how he should be getting that much better every year. So now that I heard this, I'm going to pay attention to how much better he gets every year. I think it's some stupid ass shit to say. Yeah. It's dumb. Why would you even say that even if it's true? Why would you say that? It, no, bro, I don't watch part, nobody. It's part of your job to watch other yeah. players to be better. Secondly, I think you cap it, nigga. Because three years ago, he was like, oh, man, LeBron James, the best player in the world. And the next year, he was like, Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. How you know who the best player in the world is if you ain't watching niggas? They know who the best player is <laughs> in the world. That's just, a great you, point. You just kid. sitting there and say, oh, when they play against me, they got to be the best player in the world. Nah, you watching them niggas. You watch people, that's the reason you want to be in the NBA because you see what you could get from it. There's no way not to watch basketball when you're a basketball player unless you're just that big-headed pause right now that you think that you're better than everybody, that you don't have to scout other teams. It's always somebody up and coming pause. It don't matter if it's the sixth man, the seventh man off the bench. Look, I had no idea about Bruce Brown until last year with the Denver Nuggets. Mm -hmm. And if you, don't do, if you don't do a scouting report and you just say, I ain't worried about the nigga, the six or seven man coming off the bench, the next thing you know, he got 23 points at halftime. You're like, maybe I should have watched the Denver Nuggets play to know that this nigga may be a problem. Stop capping, stop lying, and if you are serious, it's ignorant. You have a job to do. Get paid nine digits to do it. Nah, killer, I don't agree with I, that. Maybe he's going with the Floyd Money Mayweather mentality, and he mm -hmm. said, you know what? I don't watch people. I just do my best and make them adjust to me. And as much as I love Floyd, and one thing, Mark, as much as I love Floyd, Floyd does say that 100%, and then Floyd slips up too. He says, nah, I watched when he had four Cotto. And then it's, <laughs> <laughs> thought Floyd you was capping. <laughs> <I thought> you, <laughs> you caught that out of me. Sometimes, you know, Floyd, my man, so I, I would have never brought that up if you didn't. But sometimes you you always slip. It's like what the nigga in men's society said, but you said 11, 30, you was in the store. You, know, you, just, <laughs> you just fucked up, right? So sorry, Mark, what was you going to say? No, no, no. You made, a, you made a great point, but I'll say this. With Floyd, it's his greatness against the opponent's greatness. It's a one-on-one -on -one situation. So he can believe that no matter what the opposition does well, I got a response for it. And he has been right his entire career because he's undefeated and retired as an undefeated champ. Giannis is, is playing a team sport. So he has to know the tendencies of individuals and teams. He's got a responsibility not to watch every single night, but certainly to pay attention to the game. The last thing I'll say is, I hope that he was just lying, uh, satire, uh, telling a joke or what have you. And, and it leans towards that because I remember a couple of years, uh, the great coach Popovich said he doesn't watch film on teams. And we know that that's not true. So I, I, I would hope that it's, that it's just making a joke and pulling the leg of journalists. Uh, he's an all-time great basketball player. He's a champion and a guy I got a lot of respect for. Mark, let me ask you this as a coach and as a player. It's... In practice, do y'all watch film? Some coaches watch more uh, film than others. Um, absolutely, you watch them. And what you don't watch, sometimes you watch a, a whole first half or a whole first quarter when you do something so well or so bad. But most of the times, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sliced up edit offensively or defensively or both that you've put together, you know, 15, 20 clips of what you're doing well and what you're not doing. So you definitely spend time. Now, let me ask you one more question. If you're preparing for a playoff series, uh, 
going into going into the series or even making adjustments throughout the series. Well, well, not throughout the series. Going into the series before the series starts. Are you watching film on the opposing team to see what they do well with 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 your players? We have sliced up their offensive sets and what they do defensively, how they defend us. Right. But we also know our whole guys accountable because not only are we watching film, we're going on the court and we're going over the plays. So if I said, well, 52 slice is, 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 is a set that this team that we're facing in the playoff runs. Okay, Giannis, what is it? I expect because we've gone over it in detail, it doesn't matter if my four assistant coaches know what it is. Obviously they do. What matters is the guys in uniform, the five guys on the floor, understanding as well as the opposition what 52 slice is. And because we prepared and studied for it, we watched film on it, and we've gone over it on the floor, we should know their offense as well as they know it. Now, that, that, that doesn't mean because we're dealing with the 420, 430 best players in the world. You can have everything down to a detail, knowing what they're doing, and they can adjust and score over you. Like I said, I'll take great offense over great defense any day of the week. So you might not have an answer for a particular player or a particular team on a given night. But what you do do is put yourself in the best possible position by understanding what they're trying to do to win ball games and win a possession. Uh, and that, thank you, because I was being sincere asking because I've never been in an NBA seven-game series uh, <laughs> about the coach one. So that was a great question. So basically from what Mark Jackson is just telling me, when it's time to do these sliced up videos and prepare for a team, Giannis just says, fuck that, I'm not watching. I'm gonna go get something to eat with my brother. And when y'all finish watching videos and get in the court, y'all let me know. <laughs> yeah, maybe he doesn't have to watch it. What Doc gonna There's do no about way. it? What Doc it's, gonna it's, do about it? It's not it? true. There's, there's no way, it's not true. He got his brother on the team. It might be true. If I coach him, he can have his brother and, and he can have his whole family. He's, <laughs> he's that phenomenal as a basketball player. That's all right. That's not the issue. On that note, we're going to go to break. And when we return, we will discuss Jokic's comments about Luca. Pink horsepower. She called this thing about toxic. What's happening, baby? Baby. Why do you walk in like that? That's how, that's how I walk. And then like, you come on breathing on me like that. I fucking breathe to live. And like, you used to be dark skin and now you act like hella light skin. You fucking blind? I'm dark skin. What, what the fuck? And then like, look at your beard. What the fuck is your wrong with my beard? Your beard looks stupid. What the fuck are you talking about? No, I don't even like it. The way you breathe in, all of that. Has this ever happened to you? Your girl seems to be mad, angry, upset. She's frustrated. It's only one way to handle that. Pink horsepower. No. Wait, your remember, breath. Your breath is really refreshing. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to give you a massage. Plus, have I told you how good your beard looks lately? It looks so good. No! Looks PHP. It works every time. Wait! Where you going? Welcome back. Now let's get into our underdog fantasy picks of the day. On Thursday, the Knicks will play the Sixers. 
Underdog Fantasy has Jalen Brunson at 29.5 points. Do you have him higher or lower, Mace? Who they playing again? Sixers. Sixers. Sixers playing who? The, the Knicks. Knicks. And who? Knicks versus Sixers. Jalen Brunson, 29.5 points. Oh, you know how sometimes you throw assists and all of that in there. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he's going higher than that. I'm going to say lower. Okay. Cam? You say high. He's going against another all-star. Tyrese Maxey, they may want to get get it shaking. I'm going to go higher than 29. Okay. Josh Hart is at eight rebounds. Do you have him higher or lower, Cam? Lower. Lower. Oh, yeah. They ain't got Embiid. He's going to get higher than that. Okay. I was thinking him driving down the lanes and Embiid being there. It's not going to be a good go. Right. Okay. And then Tyrese Maxey is at 36 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Do you have him higher or lower, Mace? Lower. I'm going to go higher. You said Embiid ain't there. He's required to do a little more. He's a point guard as well. And uh, I think he's going to have 36. I think he's going to have about 29 points and eight assists, nine assists, plus a couple rebounds. I'm going to go higher. Okay. Download the Underdog Fantasy app, and you can make your picks too. We are joined back with our analyst, Mark Jackson. So when talking about potentially playing with Luka, Jokic says, I don't want to leave Denver, but if Luka gets pissed off in Dallas, he can come. So is a Luka-Jokic duo something you'd like to see, or do you think that their dynamic would not go well together, hypothetically speaking? Jackson first. No, it, it'll, go, it'll go great. You're talking about two, in my opinion, two of the greatest players ever. And, two, and if we redid the top 75 players, we'd have a, a bunch of players in today's game removing some of the great historic players of all time, and those are two guys that constantly fit uh, even in the, in the top 50 ever and climbing the charts. So they fit because of their unselfishness. They fit because of their ability to impact on the offensive end of the floor. Both have tremendous size, tremendous skill. Uh, I, I think they fit without a doubt. And, and I, I think if Luka decides to leave Dallas, it won't just be the Denver Nuggets trying to uh, acquire him. It'll be, you know, 29 other teams trying to, uh, make it their home court, his home court. He's that special of a talent. Let me ask you this before May says anything, uh, Mark. <laughs> Would you get rid of Jamal Murray for Luka right now in a trade situation? As much as I wouldn't want to, you're talking about a, a Jamal. If, I'm, if, if I was Jamal Murray myself, I would say I understand. Even though I'm mad we won a championship, I understand you trading me for Luka. That's how that's how cold he is as a basketball player. And I got great respect, appreciation, and admiration for Jamal Murray and his impact. Uh, a guy that doesn't get enough credit for how special he is. And should you can make the case should have been an all-star because coming off winning a championship. But I would certainly understand because of Luca's ability, uh, his size, his ability, and he's going to be around for a long, long time. I would understand if you made that trade. So, yes. I would not trade Jamal Murray for no Luca. Me neither. I'm not going with a maybe for something that's already definite could happen. Yeah. But go ahead, Murdoch. What's the maybe? Maybe if Luca gets there, they may win a championship. You know with Jamal Murray is potential to win a championship. I mean, you can't say definite because it's year to year and a few pieces have been changed, but I, it's arguable to say Reggie Jackson could fill the shoes that uh, Bruce Brown had last year, and 
Jokic's still young. They have the same coach. They have the same chemistry. Reggie Jackson didn't get a lot of playing time last year, but he was there for that championship. This is a team that knows what it wins, knows what it takes to win a championship because they done it and they're all young and they're probably not going to say they spring chickens, but they're not even close to being over the hill. You're taking a maybe Luca get there and figure out chemistry between him and the Joker, him and the coach, him and the rest of the team. And Luca's very ball dominant because he has to be in Dallas. And I see him and Kyrie are doing way better than they finished the year off with last year. But when I say a maybe, y'all might win a championship as opposed to a team that's already won a championship and not just won a championship. They look very dominant doing it last year. Let me ask y'all a question. I don't mean to try to play whole stats. That's your job, but yeah. let me ask you. <laughs> who who's the better player and is it close? I say that and I and I respect Jamal Murray and how great he is as a basketball player. Who's the better player between the two? And would you, are you, are you would you trade him based on talent alone? I'm gonna say Luca's the better player, but being the better player doesn't always mean it's best for your team. You you can sit here and I ask you who's a better player, Charles Barkley or Robert Ory? Charles Barkley. Who has more championship and ranks? That's that's really a rough. So you're telling me no. you wouldn't trade Robert Ory for Charles Barkley? No, no we're saying we're, we're that saying, Charles Barkley played with the same people, people that Ory played with and he it, couldn't it, get it done. Sometimes it's about fitting into a system and, and what I'm saying is Robert Ory fit into the right system a few different times and it worked out. I don't know if Luka could fit into the Denver system and they won a championship. If you're asking me who's a better player, Luka's a better player. I totally agree. Would he work in Denver? I don't know. And that's up to the coach, like we were talking about Doc Rivers, to figure that out. But would I trade Jamal Murray for Luka with this team right now? No. It, for me, it wouldn't be about who's the better player. It's about the chemistry of my team, knowing that we already won a championship with this particular team, at least to keep pieces anyway. You still got Caldwell Pope. You still got Aaron Gordon. You still got Joker. And then replacing Bruce Brown, you have Reggie Jackson. I like this team. I like this team a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't risk getting Jamal Murray out of there for Luka when I already have championship DNA with and, this particular team. Yeah, and Luka would slow that team down, actually. And and when you think of um, Jamal Murray in the clutch, like in the clutch, he can get any shot. I don't think Luka could get any shot. I like Luka in the clutch. I just don't – but we have to realize, for me personally – and we talked about this at the end of the beginning of the season, pardon me, before Mark even joined us. Does Luca make his team better? That's the question. He's a great individual talent, but is he making the players around him better? That's the question. And we can't use that with Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving's already a spectacular talent by himself. He don't need no, he's another one don't that doesn't need help to make him better. He's one of the best finishers under six two, six one that I've ever seen in my yeah. life around the basket. But is Luka making the team better? That's my question. Uh, but to answer the question, Mark, uh, the only reason I brought the Ori and Barkley situation up is because Charles Barkley, I want Charles Barkley on my team a million times more than Robert Ori. But yeah. if I if I have a situation already where I want a championship with Robert Ori as opposed to getting Charles Barkley, and I'm like, nah, Charles could fuck this up. We got a situation where, look, Mark, uh, I'm pretty sure you remember when Gary Payton 
Carl Malone. I know Carl Malone got hurt that year. Went to the Lakers. Went to the Lakers <laughs> and, and tried to cheat a championship. Super team. Yeah, it tried to steal a championship, and it didn't work. You know, so that's that's the answer to your question, Mark. I guess giving you a better, a better example, Harrison Barnes won a championship with the Golden State Warriors. Right. And then was up 3-1 the following year. And they had an opportunity after losing to get Kevin Durant. It was not a knock towards Harrison Barnes. He was a champion. They proved that they could win a championship with him. Right. But you had an opportunity to get an all-time great. You had to make the move. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. I'm not mad at that example at all. But we have to realize, and I'm not saying Luca isn't a, super, a superstar on the highest level. But I don't know if Luca is where KD was at that particular point. Like, nigga, KD was just 27, 28 years old, 7-4 uh, wingspan, shoot the three, and he goes into that system. It's no way to lose with that system. You like, you know, when you're sitting there saying you'll throw him in with the Joker and Caldwell Pope and um, who's on the other one, Aaron Gordon, no disrespect to none of them guys because I love that team. They don't have the greatest three-point shooter ever on the team. And they don't have the second-best three-point shooter of this generation on the team. Those were both on Golden State with Kevin Durant getting it. The best three-point shooter ever, and then the second-best three-point shooter, at least for this generation. And then you add a third 6'11 shooter, you kind of got to do that. And we can't do that to Jamal Murray and put him in the same category as Harrison Barnes. Come on. Man. I didn't do that. Don't stop. <laughs> Yo, <come on>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did, Mark. <laughs> wow, and they will, they will lose pace and tempo yeah. by Adam Luca. Luca only play at one speed. He's super nice, though. I like Luca a lot. It's just about, when I see Luca, it's just about he's very ball dominant. Uh, he gets a lot of assists now. When I say a lot, eight or nine lately, because he's getting double to triple team. Because he's such an outstanding scorer. He's a great, he's outstanding talent. Can he lead a team to a championship? That's what I want to know. And then last one before we wrap, Shaq gave Jason Kelsey some advice on potentially retiring. He told him, "Enjoy your family. I lost my family and didn't have anybody." I'm in a 100,000 square foot house by myself. So what do you guys think about what Shaq told Jason Kelsey? I got a lot of respect for it because of uh, he was honest, open, and he shared, you know, some, some experiences which would make the road moving forward for Kelsey much smoother if he uh, takes notice to it. Shaq is speaking of a guy that, you know, self-proclaimed lost his family because of some mistakes that he made and and he 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 didn't keep it to himself. So I love the fact that he wasn't shy. He opened up and he gave some knowledge to somebody else getting ready to go through similar experiences in life, retirement, uh, that he's gone through. So I I I I got a lot of respect and I appreciate the gems and the nuggets. <laughs> what are y'all doing, man? It's Shaq Rock. Yo, what is, what is the definition of mistake? Pull that up. 
Well, Mark said he made a mistake. After this, I definitely have a follow-up. Yeah, what's a mistake? Well, mistake well, is wait, a- killer. Let me uh, let me cook for yeah, a moment. I, thought, I'm I was back. looking at you. I was waiting <laughs> yeah, for you to go. Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, what's a mistake? A mistake? What, what does mistake mean? Defined by Oxford Dictionary is an action or judgment that is misguided or wrong. Oh, then maybe it's a mistake. I don't know. <laughs> it's about what you want. Thank man. you for not cooking. Yeah, 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 it's about what you want. Listen, Shaq's my guy. That's my nigga. It's just about what you want. You know, I think me. What you mean is about what he wants? As you get older, you miss certain things. You may want your wife back or your baby mother's back and your family when you get older and your kids around and have a family. Like he says, he's in 100,000 square feet by himself. Yeah. Um, when you get older and you get all that shit out your system, you're like, damn. I ain't even need all these cars. Yeah, I ain't need all these. I ain't even need all these hoes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, what that, you, that, that's what I'm saying. You're going through that. Right. But you know, that's that's what you want because you be like, yo, who really makes me happy? Uh, I may have missed out on who really made me happy and now it's too late. Now I'm sitting here trying to figure out at 50 something years old who could make me happy. One person who never really had that problem was Hugh Hefner. And that's why I respect him. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you was going to say what? something stupid. What? What? Why is yo, man, yo, yo, Ma. yo, yo, shout out to Shaq, man. Shaq, yo. we love you. I love Shaq. Yo. Just, how's that stupid? What is yo. stupid about that? What, what you respect about you having that? Go ahead. Because he he was a, I don't want to he ain't put it on there, but he's in the poly. He's poly. Uh, he's <laughs> you know, some niggas like the poly. I, I like the poly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have to. He yeah. like to be around where he like to be around. Look, I, I, I got my man Tiny Bum, right? And I'm not sure if he still like this, but, yeah. you know, Tiny Bum, when he was getting money back in the days, he would give a girl a car, just meet a girl and give her a Rolex and just... Yeah. Yo, yo, here's his twenty thousand. I'm like, yo, what are you doing this for? What's wrong with you, Cam? I don't say nothing when you smoking your weed, when when you want to go drink with you. That's your habit. Yeah. This is mine. And if some people <laughs> like to have women around for a habit, you can't get mad at you having to. You have to. You know what you have to used to do? When you turn twenty five, you're too old. Bring in the next three set of joints. That's twenty one, and he give you three to four years. But you could stay with the other people, but you can't be in the bedroom. Everybody in the bedroom was between 21 and 25. That was his thing. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, he got 100,000. Yeah, you could have left it at you. You could have left it at that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think what Shaq is saying as a guy that experienced life, as a guy that experienced life, is a hundred thousand square foot house with a hundred girls. Is not as impactful as a hundred thousand square foot house and the right one girl, and I think experience put him in position to understand that. So I have a follow up question for all of you guys because when I was thinking about this, it kind of just brought me back to Tom Brady's situation. So, do you guys think prioritizing your career over family and relationships can hurt an athlete or artist in the long run? Is that question? I was saying, do you think prioritizing your career over family and relationships can hurt an athlete in the long run? You knew what I was doing, bitch, before you got here, man. <laughs> Playing ball since I was seven. 
got with me because I knew how to play ball. You didn't, that's what attracted you to me. You Now you want me to stop doing what I love, the shit that got you with me. <laughs> now you want me to get a minivan and, and travel with the kids. Don't buy a luxury car no more. Get a mini. This is what attracted you to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with and vice versa for females. You get a girl, like me personally, and everybody has different preferences with women, but me personally... If I see you and you got on Daisy Dukes and your cleavage is showing this, that, third, and it may be a party like that, but if I see you again and that's what you're doing and that's what you're doing and that's what you're doing and that's what you're doing, and then I, we, I wife you and then I tell you to put on a long gown, this is what you, man, you, you've been dating this girl for 10 months. Now you want her to cover up. She, you knew what you was getting before you got with her. You know what I'm saying? So to me, that happens a lot in a lot of relationships. I had a girl I was messing with, and, <laughs> <this> is, <laughs> and, she, and she don't care. She don't care if I have sex with somebody else. Just don't fall in love with them or make them your girlfriend. Cool. Why you keep fucking all these bitches, right? You ain't care. They ain't my girlfriend. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, I don't love them. What's the problem? Well, my feelings is involved. That wasn't in the contract before we started. Well, I don't know where we went with this question, but my answer, my answer as a guy that he's baiting you in, Mark. He's baiting you, go ahead, no, Mark. He's he, he's not baiting me. I played seventeen years as a professional athlete. I was fortunate enough to coach three years, and at no point was basketball. I said it as a kid, but when I got married and had children, at no point was basketball the most important thing in my life. Um, I used basketball instead of letting basketball use me, put me in position, but my faith in God and my family comes first and foremost uh, before basketball. Uh, and, and I think that's the mentality to have. I got no problem with people that have uh, their priorities in different order. But for me, there's no way in the world I'm going to put a basketball as more valuable or more important or more crucial or essential to my life as, as the people in my relationship with God. I actually agree with Mark 1000%. I mean, I'm not a basketball player and nowhere close to being married, but it's like when you have this career, like, don't get me wrong, that's first and foremost. Like, I'm always like, you know, I'm going to hustle, get what I want to get, but at the same time, I think there does need to be a little bit of space for family and relationships. I'm not saying like a little bit and like your faith, like things that are important to you because that's what's going to keep you grounded if everything does fall down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you have. I agree with so, what he's saying. I don't agree with you saying it's that. It's like the same thing. Oh, but my in a different, goodness. in a different way. I just still have to pay attention to things like that. Yeah, like me and my, my family are like this. Like my parents have been married 20 plus years. So it's like I definitely foresee that for myself you know, later down the line when it's time. Right now it's hustle and grind, but it's like, oh, I still okay. need to make sure I pay attention so when the time comes, I'm not like, dang, I did all this and now I'm like, I don't know what to do. And you so. don't got nobody to share it with. I understand. Yeah. Listen, okay. what I'll say is this. I, and, and Mark and Mace, I envy you guys, man. I really do. Because I'm looking for a female to make me love money more 
love her more than money because I haven't found it. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> so I'm jealous of you guys. I, let me know where yeah. to Let me know. Kill I, shut I, up. I, yeah. No, no, I'm not. I've not found any female to make me love her more than money. So wherever you get, I'm jealous. Let me know. <laughs> Where you guys found you guys lovely wives at, and maybe uh, I'll check it out. But I'm, I'm still yeah. looking. I love this money. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't giving the female none of it unless she earn it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that is what it is. <laughs> right. Well, Mark, thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah. No comments. Appreciate you on the show yeah. as always. Um, that's all the time Thank we you. have for today. Thanks for watching. And as always, it is what it is. Uh, Super Super Max. Like when they doing them two for five.